Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. This is your host, Jessica Stipe, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing why you should rethink your personal care products. I'm so excited to have a special guest here with me today, Odalis Alvarez, and I also have my very special co-host, Isabel, so welcome to both of you. Hey. Hello. All right, so Odalis, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in knowing what's inside your cosmetics? So I'm actually American with Cuban background, uh, born in New York, and raised in Miami. Okay. So I'm a Miss 305 over here. <laughs> right. And um, I graduated from FIU and I've always been an animal lover and I'm engaged. All right. You have all kinds <laughs> of great stuff going oh, on. Yeah. I'm a mother of two dogs and five hens. Oh, wow. So you, have, you definitely yeah. have a lot going on. Yes. And um, currently my projects at home away from work are planning my wedding and an aspiring blogger. Okay. And are you blogging about personal care products and cruelty-free products? Is that kind of where you're going with your blog? Exactly. That's exactly where I'm going. And more about like, um, not just cruelty-free and vegan products, but also a healthier lifestyle and like the clothes that you wear and that kind of stuff. Nice. Nice. (laughs) And we have Miss Isabel back with us today who did an episode not so long ago on what it's like to come over from Chile to the United States and what her experience has been. So thank you for being here as well, ma'am. Uh, yes, thanks for having me again. It was a great time last time. All right, well, we're pleased to have you. So let's get into this a little bit and, and really get into these this discussion about personal care products and why specifically this is your passion, Odalis. You know, what made you get interested in knowing what's in your cosmetics and what can you tell people about the changes that you've made since you began this journey? It started about when I was in my mid to late 20s. I was probably just at home one night on my Facebook feed and I saw PETA posted something about cruelty-free and animal testing and it was so impactful to me being an animal lover I never knew any of it I never cared what was in my products ever I was just a shopaholic as far as like makeup goes after I saw that I it changed my world basically because it didn't just stop with my cosmetics it it started it changed my diet changed the way I dress I could say it wasn't an overnight thing it's taken me years right <laughs> to, to to make change, those changes to make right. those changes i had to start you know researching what it was to be cruelty free mm-hmm. what you know what rules apply to it and um, eventually i started changing my diet as well i said if i'm an animal lover i shouldn't be eating animals <laughs> right well there's there's a point in that too yes and there's so many products on the market i'm sure it, it did require an extensive amount of research to find out okay what products are cruelty-free, what do these products contain, you know, are these statements verified? So I'm I'm sure a lot of research has gone into what you've done. Yes, thankfully to the internet, there's a lot of information out there. It it wasn't too terribly hard to find. 
and there's lots of bloggers also that are passionate about this subject. Actually, it was it wasn't so hard. It was hard to make the change. Mm-hmm. It was a little frustrating because it wasn't as easy as going to, you know, your nearest uh, grocery store or right. convenience store because actually they don't have a lot of those cruelty free products. And you'd have to go to not even Ulta really has these kind of things. Right. There's specific markets for this, right? Exactly. <laughs> There's specific markets for this. Mostly I have to do a lot of my shopping online for cruelty-free and vegan and hopefully organic products. Nice. So we talk about cruelty-free for our listeners who are brand new to this and they really don't understand what that means. What are cruelty-free products? What does that mean? Um, to be cruelty-free, it means that there is no animal testing at all in the creation of the product um, anywhere. So it basically also it should mean that the final product has not been tested on an animal, the ingredients haven't been tested on an animal, like just nowhere in the creation of the product. a product should it have any ever been. Product or any chemical, anything in it, nothing. Nothing. Nothing should have even touched an animal. <laughs> I love it. Now, also, um, I'm sure that our listeners don't know anything about Leaping Bunny. So what is Leaping Bunny and how do you comply? I love Leaping Bunny. That was my go-to before I also started looking into vegan products. Leaping Bunny is the most trusted logo you can find for cruelty-free. Right. They audit their clients frequently and it's international. It's not just in the U.S. It's worldwide. Okay. Right now, it is the most trusted. I found out about them through my research when I started looking into cruelty-free things. They also have like their own list, which I believe they update frequently. Mm-hmm. And I had to be very dependent on it back then. Right. <laughs> Not anymore, but I had to be very dependent on it back then when I was looking into cruelty-free products. Isabel, what do you know about cruelty-free products? Have you have you heard about Leaping Bunny? Is that something that you're familiar with as well, or is this new to you? Yes, at the beginning, I just, when I, I don't know if you, a lot of our listeners remember the episode that I did, I was just commenting on how changing my diet and picking more organic mm-hmm. products when I go shopping opened the door to multiple changes that I had in my lifestyle. I also, as Dali said, it was slow, but I just started to change the other products that I buy more besides like food and cleaning products. And yes, I was aware of the cruelty free for a long time. I didn't know about the leaping bunny. I always seen it. This this little bunny jumping, but I didn't know what it meant or what it was right. behind it. So for both of you, um, why do you feel like cruelty free is important? Well, th- this is hard to answer without being very biased. But as an animal lover, it's important that no animal ever get mistreated. And ultimately, animal testing is always going to result in the termination of an animal. So it's also important to be cruelty-free because animal testing is actually harmful to the environment. So we we need to take that into consideration Absolutely, as well. I agree. And like I said, everybody here understands that, like I said, this is a podcast and we're all human. So everybody has their own opinions and their own thoughts on this. But I, I mean, like I said, this is something that I think a lot of people are passionate about. And, and for people that want to know that are animal lovers, um, it's important to have the information. There's an issue right now with China and animal testing. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I can. Currently, it is the law in China to for all the products to go through animal testing. It's, it's just a law. 
all sorts of countries that are already banning animal testing are trying to help China to realize that animal testing is not a requirement right. anymore. It is a thing of the past. And they're making small changes, which is a good thing. You know, maybe it's not going to happen as quickly as other countries made it happen. But we're we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. They're making small changes here and there. And hopefully, you know, within a year or two, maybe we'll see cruelty-free everywhere. Great. Like I said, I think that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, uh, we should all have the right to choose what we put into our bodies, what we put on our bodies. And, you know, for a, you know, a law to be in place to prohibit that, I, I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. So hopefully by enlightening people and educating them on what requirements are, what's necessary and what's not, we can make those changes. So everybody has the right to make their own decisions for what they do with their personal care, how they eat, their home care, all of it. So let's just kind of get into, too, a little bit of chemical-free and, like, toxic-free cosmetics. Yes, I just started doing a lot of research, same as Dallas here, to figure out what really is in my products and getting familiarized with all the terms because they can be very <laughs> confusing, especially the names. But then I watched a researcher online and there was this exercise that it tells you, think about your morning routine and then think about how many products do you apply. Think about body wash, cream, moisturizers, face wash, deodorant, perfume, makeup, lip balm, toothpaste, even hair gel, shaving cream, shampoo. And then I, at least I have a Personally, I have like a six product oh, morning like routine lotion products. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next part of the exercise is, well, okay, now pick each of the products that you do and you wear in your morning routine and then just read the ingredient list of each of those products. Do you recognize the names? If you Google the product and then figure out the ingredient list, would you be okay to wear it again after you read and realize what's in there. Many of these ingredients are absorbed by the body. After like doing a lot of research, I figure out that there are multiple ways that toxins can get into your body. You can inhale them. They can go through your skin, even though the skin is um, a very good barrier. Some of them are just tiny enough to go through your skin. And then they will enter your system. And then after learning about all of this, I learned that the personal care product industry is worth more than $60 billion. And there's a lot that we don't know about it. So that's why I've started by changing the way I eat. But now more importantly, I'm changing the way or the amount of products that I use in my everyday routine. I'm being very conscious on what I put in my body because I know that some of it might end up inside my body and it's the same part of like what I eat. Also, it's very important to know that our digestive system has the ability to filter a lot of stuff. However, if you inhale something or you apply something to your skin and it does get into your body, that means it most likely will get into the blood system. So to give a, a lot of more information to our listeners, not all chemicals that are in your products right. are going to affect you. There's no need to panic and we're not calling to people to just like panic around about the chemicals in your body. You just need to know that the structure, concentration and size of the chemicals have an impact of they're going to enter your body or not. Also, your skin integrity. Is your skin damaged by the sun? Is your skin open? Do you have rush? Do you have cuts? There's another important thing to know about that. Also, how long are you exposed to all these chemicals? That's also, it's important to know if it's going to 
affect your skin or not. There are multiple factors. Exactly. Um, also, the part of your body that you're applying. They, That's right. Their porosity of the skin is different in different parts of your body. So there's a lot of things that you need to be aware of. Also, um, there's a very interesting thing about the European Union that has been around 1,300 chemicals, while in the U.S. Been there's been like less than 10% of these chemicals being banned. Yes, so... A lot of them, there's a list of ingredients to avoid, but I just want to let it to the discretion of all our listeners to decide what they want or they don't don't want to put in their bodies. At least for me, I'll say that anything that is dirt comes from petroleum, which is like mineral oil, um, crude oil, any sulfates, talc, anything that ends in parabens. For me personally, it's something that I wouldn't use or I wouldn't buy. Also, something that a lot of people don't know that I figured out not long ago that I think is very important is that bubbles or foam is not what cleans. I think it tricks the eye to think that if you see bubbles, you think, oh, it's working. But the actually, more you lather, the cleaner you are. That yes. is a common misconception for yes, sure. Yes, bubbles or leather don't clean. So that's another thing because uh, there are some bubbles that come from very toxic products. So I think we need to change our associ associating bubbles with the product working or cleaning. But besides that, I'll say as Odalis, I will recommend to everyone to do their own research. Absolutely. There are multiple resources online that will tell you the composition of the product and then they will probably rate how safe the product is. But more then that you need to do your own research and figure out where do you draw the line? Are you okay with this product being in, in your household, in your body? Are you not okay with those? And that's how you start. And another thing that, as Dallas said, is very overwhelming when you figure out what mm -hmm. is in these products. You feel that it's very overwhelming. So don't go crazy replacing all the products. Just it's a transition. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a transition. Like it's I said, even transition. right for my household and my family, you know, like I said, it, it, I think for a lot of people, it starts out, like you said, with what you eat, you know, you start eating organic and you start removing the genetically modified food and you start making sure that, you know, if you do eat meat, that it's hormone free and that it's, you know, the, the animals are being treated in the right way. And then for me, the next step is, was cleaning products. Like how am I cleaning my home? You know, my hand soaps, my dish liquids, you know, my, our body care, even for my granddaughter's body care stuff, you know, making sure that her products are organic and, and safe for her, you know, for that, that kind of was the next step, toothpaste, deodorant. And so now, like you, you said with Odalis, then it started for me, I started looking at, okay, what am I putting on my hair? Yes. And you know, how is that, you know, that's on my scalp, that's my head, that's my right. brain. Wait a minute. Like, you know, what are the risks there? So it's been a transition. I'm definitely not all the way where I need to be. I'm a work in progress, but I see the importance. And like I said, having people like you that can educate me and our listeners on really how many different products are out there that we can use that are not tested on animals, that are vegan, that are cruelty-free, it really helps because like I said, you know, we all get up every day, we have our hustle bustle of life, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to hurry up and get ready. And so sometimes you just grab what's there. And you don't think about, ooh, what's in this? And I heard it. I, I listen all the time to different different things. And I listened to a interview not too long ago with, actually it was Kevin and Drake Gates, ironically, but um, who nobody would think would know anything about these topics. But, you know, he made, Kevin made a very impactful statement that nothing, absolutely nothing should go in, on your body 
that cannot go in your body. If you cannot ingest it, eat it, lick it, bite it, whatever, it shouldn't go in your body, period. Mm -hmm. And that really made me start thinking like, oh my gosh, like would I want to eat my body wash or my, or my shampoo? (laughs) Like, no, um, I wouldn't, you know, and would it be safe if I did, if it did get in my, you know, what risk am I taking? If God forbid I, you know, ingested any of it, what risk is there? It really gets your mind going Mm -hmm. on, you know, what do I need to do? And like I said, I really admire all of the personal changes that, that you've made, that both of you have made, like I said, and, and being able to educate people through, you know, the research that you've done. And like I said, I mean, for you, Odellis, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more too about like what you found in, in vegan products and just like, I mean, I know this has been a, a huge thing for you, so. Oh, it's my passion. I can talk about it all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with the vegan products, uh, first I started with cruelty-free But then what's cruelty-free doesn't mean that it's vegan and vice versa. Right. So cruelty-free really just means that the product hasn't been tested on on animals. animals. However, it doesn't mean that the product doesn't have animal byproducts. Right. And that's when I started learning about it. I had to start changing my cosmetics again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I'm very passionate about the vegan products, especially my cosmetics, Mm -hmm. lipsticks, blush, because... There's like certain dyes and and things that come from like, for example, there's an ingredient called carmine, which is actually, it comes from like thousands of crushed beetles. And they take that and they use it as a red dye. And basically it's what's in your red lipstick. And I think that's just absolutely disgusting. So I would never put a lipstick that's not vegan. (laughs) I think it's just awful. The only product or byproduct that I'm flexible about is beeswax right absolutely. and you find it a lot in mascaras and sometimes in some lipsticks and the only reason I'm flexible about it is because it it's not automatically killing an animal it's not physically harming an animal right. but hopefully you know we'll, we can move past using it in the future and then also what is cruelty free and vegan is also you know not automatically organic either it's a common misconception that's true you know if you say yeah i use cruelty free and vegan cosmetics People and they think automatically think it's that. organic and you're like no not necessarily right <laughs> so it's really hard actually to find a brand that has all three logos on them and um that like isabel said you can go on online and find out how the toxicity, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the levels of of the toxic levels in them. And there are brands that have all three and that rate fantastically on these apps. And that's, that's me. That's where I'm buying my stuff. (laughs) Like I said, it just takes a little bit of work. It takes a little bit of research. It takes a little bit of time and it definitely takes the commitment and the the willpower to say, you know what, these are changes that are important to me. And these are changes that I want to make. To any of our listeners who are thinking about, you know, starting to make changes in their lifestyles, whether it be eating, cleaning products, healthcare, beauty routine, what would you suggest? Because both of you have began this journey. So what would be your suggestions? Well, I have a couple suggestions if I like to share. As we said, start small. Don't go crazy replacing everything from day one. Take it slow. It's a, it's a transition. It will take time. Try to aim for cosmetics that are made from plant extract, essential oils, and vitamins. A very resource that I cannot stop stressing is to do your own research online. There right. is plenty of information. It's not that hard, as Adalid said. You will find what you're looking for. 
read if, all the time read your ingredients list make sure that you know what's in there and then one thing that people sometimes over overlooked is to shop local you know that when you're shopping local you probably are buying the product from the person that made it mm -hmm. that person can give you a rundown list of everything that it's in there Mm -hmm. um, you might be able to maybe some ask questions and learn about products that they include that you didn't know about right. so shop local is a very important thing and another thing we're shopping is that every time you purchase a product you are casting a vote and you're saying i support this organization i support their practices i support their ethics i am i stand by them right so i think that's what makes Dallas choices so important to her because every time she purchases something she's casting a vote that she supports cruelty-free vegan inorganic mm -hmm. personal care products absolutely uh, what suggestions would you have, Odalis, for our listeners? Is there anything you can add in addition to what Isabel said? I agree totally with making doing your own research. There is a lot of information out there. And even for those who don't want to do the research, it's, it's going to come to them. The information is going to come to them because the changes are happening for the better. Um, right. California is already going to become cruelty-free by law by awesome. January 2020. And it's just going to, it's going to be a domino effect. Pretty soon, everywhere is going to be cruelty-free. Probably China will be the last, but it'll it'll be soon a worldwide thing. I I always read the ingredients as well. As far as like organic, I'm not fully educated on like the organic ingredients, so I have to do my research on that one. But I do know which ingredients to avoid as far as the you know for a product to be vegan. vegan. Yes, right. I always read the ingredients just to verify for sure that it is vegan because I don't want any of those nasty stuff on me. <laughs> I understand completely. Well, ladies, I thank you both so much for being here today and being able to go over this and just kind of educate our listeners on what, you know, what changes can be made and that there are options out there. And that, like you stated, Isabel, you know, whenever we put our money behind a product in a roundabout way, we're, we're co-signing on it. We're saying, hey, I support this. So it's something to think about, like I said, in, in more ways than one and what anything that you purchase in life, it, it kind of gives you that thought of, hmm, do I really support this? So like I said, I definitely thank both of you for being here today and speaking on this and educating our listeners. Um, if you'd like more information on this topic, please go on our website, leave a comment. We'll be glad to respond to you and let you know where you can gain more information. As always, I'm your host, Jessica Stipe, and this has been your Fresh Take. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 